Our speaker today is Mel Everson, leader of Friendship Ministry at our church. Good morning. There's a time when we come to know the Lord, and that happened for me in February of 1993. I was realizing how horrible I was, how much of a jerk I was. I was at the point of suicide. I had a family, and I was going to give up my life. But then something happened. You know, my father committed suicide when I was 19. So I was just going to follow right in his footsteps. But, you know, I thought, that would be, I'm going to be a coward to do that. So instead, I committed spiritual suicide. Galatians 2.22, Paul says, I have been crucified with Christ. I no longer live. The life I now live, I live in the Son of God who died and gave his life for me. And that's what happened. I committed spiritual suicide. I gave up my life to just to serve the Lord, whatever. I'll serve you, whatever way that is. And I knew, okay, I need to overcome all of these addictions, this bondage, being a jerk, so that as God changes me, if he can change me, he can change anybody. And that is a lot of what took place from there. And then later on, the ministry came to fruition and... um, I'll make sure more about that as we go along. 2.2 million people in our prison system. It is the most incarcerated system in the world. We have the most people in prison than any other country in the world. It's Memorial Day weekend. It's a time to think about our veterans. We know at Memorial Day we can think about the ones that gave their life for us, their freedom, that to, to allow us to have the freedom we have. And we want to recognize veterans and those that have done that. But right now, there's probably 200,000 veterans in prison right now. And, you know, our president had mentioned the issue that we have in serving the veterans when they come back from serving. And it's no wonder with the things that they go through and not having the support that they need to become rehabilitated, to become citizens, that they would end up committing crimes and end up in prison. So I want to mention that to pray for the, the veterans. Pray for inmates, but pray for the veterans on Memorial Day because they may have not have lost their life in serving, but they kind of lost their life because they don't, they're not able to be out here and have the freedom that we have. So please pray for them. And also let that... Maybe encourage you in what way you would want to serve veterans that are incarcerated. Ask the Lord to show you what way you can do that. Whether supporting a ministry or praying for them or getting involved in ministry. All right, I'm ready to do the sermon now. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for the privilege to be able to share your word today. I thank you for what you have done in my life. I thank you for what you've done here in New Hope Community Church. And I thank you that you've allowed it at this time right now that I would have the opportunity and privilege to be able to share my testimony and your word. And I do pray that you would speak through me, that anything about me would be pushed aside and I would only speak what you would want me to speak. I pray you would be glorified in that. And that you would bless us and help us to become more the people that you have designed us to be. In Jesus' name, amen. I wanted to speak about fear. And in this world today, there could be a lot that we could be fearful for. 
And Pastor Chuck asked me to speak, and I'm praying about what to speak for. There's so many things to choose, and finally the Lord showed me, this is what I want you to speak about. And I'll be honest with you, this is not something that I just all of a sudden said, okay, this is what I'm going to teach about. I'm going to study and teach. I have studied this and spoke about it before, and so it's not something just off the cuff and you know i'm just like speaking something that i had to come up with and it's something that had i had to deal with myself so i'm going to be sharing from personal experience rather than just something that is you know from a book that i'm going to teach you and and all right now you got to learn that i want to hopefully share how i have learned from what i'm teaching about today do you know The most commanded thing in the Bible, do not fear. The most commanded thing in all of its facets, there's do not fear, of course, do not be afraid, be anxious for nothing. Jesus says, do not worry. All of those things deal with fear. And so it's very important. If the Bible's commanded something so much, we need to to know about that. Now, there's a difference between the fear of the Lord and do not fear. Is that a contradiction? No. There is a place for fear, and that is in fear of the Lord, fear of God. However, it's not the same kind of fear that we need to overcome. We need to overcome this terror fear. But the fear of the Lord is a reverential fear. It's a respectful kind of a fear. It's a fear that brings us to obedience to the Lord. And there's a big difference between those two. Now, we also have fear as an emotion within within us. God designed us with all these emotions. And fear, in in healthy fear, has its place. We saw the floodwaters rise and you get a little anxious. That fear is a good thing to get us to do what we need to do. You're riding down the road and a deer jumps out in front of you. You react The fear is what caused you to react. There's a healthy place for fear in our emotions. However, just like with all of our emotions, the devil tries to pervert them. The devil messes with them and and tries to get us to do things or, or deal with our feelings and emotions in a way that God has not intended. And fear is one of those things. And that's what we're going to talk about today. And the scripture that I'd like to share as the base for this is 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. We don't have the scriptures, so I'm just going to share them. And you don't have to turn there. Just pay attention. 2 Timothy 1, 7 says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Now, again, fear has its place. But let's try to do a test to see what fear we don't want versus the fear that that we need for healthy living. If we have a fear that paralyzes us from doing the right thing, you know the thing you got to do, but fear keeps you from doing it. If we have a fear that hinders us from trusting God, God whatever happens in our life, we have to trust him for that. A circumstance 
or just trusting him with life in general? How about a fear of even trusting those that love us? Or maybe we're gripped with a spirit of fear, and we're going to talk about that. That's much different than fear that we have a bondage to. Now, we may be deceived into believing that God gave us this fear for caution. But the Bible says that God has not given us a spirit of fear. Why would God give us fear and then command us more than anything not to be afraid? Now, I once read something that helps to explain the difference between this fear of God and and fear of that's it. That's a bondage. We're this spirit of fear. Fear is perverted faith. Just as faith is confidence in God's ability to protect you, fear is confidence in Satan's ability to hurt you. And in the same way, faith opens the door for God to bring blessings into our life Fear opens the door for Satan to bring destruction. Fear is a form of faith. That kind of fear, that bondage, that paralyzing fear is a faith. But it's not the faith that God intended. And I'm going to look at some ways that this fear would operate. Um, you've heard the expression. Maybe we've had a bad experience happen in our life. Things are going well, and all of a sudden, we get this, like, anxiety. And, we, and you've heard the saying, I'm waiting for the next shoe to drop. When's that next shoe going to drop? And I call that the shoe drop fear. And God doesn't want us to have that kind of fear. And I, that's something I had to deal with back in 2002. I, I had gone through some experiences in life, and I had a trauma I got out of that trauma, and things are going along great. Blessings are pouring out, and all of a sudden, the shoe dropped. But that shoe was God's purpose. He had a reason for that. And it was a good thing. In the testimony booklet, I call it the furnace. God had to put me in a furnace to purify me. But that shoe had to drop in order for God to put me in the furnace. So, that's incarceration, by the way. And when... I got out of prison, and things are going along. Pastor Chuck was, I had, um, he had, I met him at First Baptist Church, and he was there for me during that whole time of incarceration, sent me books and, and discipled me through the mail and, and was a huge blessing. In fact, that Neil Anderson book that he often talks about, he sent to me, and it really made a difference in my life. And so I get out, and I'm in a halfway house, and now life is beginning And I remember talking to Pastor Chuck in 2002 on the phone and saying, you know, Pastor Chuck, I'm worried about when the shoe's going to drop. Pastor Chuck said, don't worry. God is in charge of the shoes. Isn't that true? He is. And here we are, 2018. I don't see the shoe. But if that shoe were to drop, God's in charge of that anyway. I just heard a song on the radio, on the way here. It's a new song, Elevation Worship. And God has not failed me yet. And that song blesses me. And, and really, like, God has not failed me. And so we don't have to worry about the shoes because God 
is in control. Now, Jesus has some things to say about this. I think some of that shoe may drop fear is worry. And in the book of Matthew, in chapter 6, Jesus gives a long sermon about worry. And he explains to us, why do we worry? Don't worry, because look at how God has blessed the birds. Look at how God has blessed you and everything in our life. And then he finally concludes in Matthew 6.34. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. So Jesus commands us, don't worry about that shoe drop. Don't worry about what's going to happen. What are we going to wear? What are we going to do? And Because God is in control. There was a book I read. I don't know if any of you know Barbara Johnson. She wrote many books back in the day and very encouraging. She's more of a, a woman's minister. But the books are great. They got a lot of encouragement. And she, in one of her books, she had this quote. Today is the tomorrow that you worried about yesterday and all is well. Now, the Apostle Paul had some things to say about anxiety. And anxiety is another form of fear. And many verses talk about not being anxious. And one of those in particular is Philippians 4, 6 through 7. Do not be anxious about anything. But in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving... Present your requests to God, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Paul says that instead of this anxiety, let's pray. And what a difference that makes. I noticed that for myself, even coming down here today. I'm anxious? Okay, I'm not going to think about that. I'm not going to dwell on that anxiety. I'm going to pray, and I'm going to ask the Lord to protect me on the way. I'm going to ask the Lord not to give me anxiety about speaking in front of everybody. And, and, and what does he do? He, he takes away that anxiety. He delivers us from that spirit of fear. Now, Jesus, I told you earlier, there was a time when a shoe dropped. And God, I mean, Pastor Chuck said, God is in control of the shoes. If it falls, it still was part of his plan, and he's going to see us through that. We know Jesus said the same thing about troubles. John 16, 33, Jesus says, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world, you will have trouble. But take heart. I have overcome the world. Jesus says we will have trouble. But he also tells us, take courage. Don't worry about the troubles in the world. Don't worry when we read the news and we see all that's going on. Rather, instead, take heart. Trust in him. He will see us through that. He will give us encouragement through it. Now, just as Jesus has overcome... He's overcome before us. We, too, will be able to overcome. And this is not just an encouraging concept. 
we are offered deliverance from fear. And, again, we're commanded not to have fear. Another fear that's a stronghold is the bully spirit. It's giving power, giving people power to make us fearful. Have you ever been bullied? And how do we overcome that spirit from that bullying? Now, there was a time in my childhood I was bullied. And I went to school again another time. And then I was bullied again. And it's like, why? It's like I'm being targeted. I don't understand this. What happened was that initial bully and put a spirit of fear in me. And then when I was at another place, I guess the circumstance or, or the resemblance, something made me afraid. And that just made me a target for more bullying. And you know, there's some scripture to help us understand what this is about. And I realized that as I was studying this scripture. You know, the Lord encouraged. The word courage is in encouraged. He encouraged Jeremiah. The Lord said to Jeremiah, do not be afraid of their faces, for I am with you to deliver you. The Lord not only told Jeremiah not to be intimidated by them, but he warned them also if he was terrified by them, there would be a consequence. In other words, if he gave in to that intimidation, he would be intimidated. Listen to this. In Jeremiah 1, 8 and also 17, the Lord says to Jeremiah, get yourself ready. Stand up and say to them, whatever I command you, do not be terrified by them or I will terrify you before them. If we choose not to be moved by fear and intimidation, if we're not to tolerate that being bullied, we will then overcome the spirit of fear. And what typically would terrify us would then have no power to do that against us. Our faith and trust in the Lord will deliver us to overcome any intimidation. It will keep us from being terrified from such things. And you know, there's a place in the scripture we can be assured of this. In trusting the Lord, we will overcome that spirit of fear. Isaiah 41, 11 and thir- through 13 says, all who rage against you, Sounds like bullying to me, right? All who rage against you will surely be ashamed and disgraced. Those who oppose you will be as nothing and perish. Though you search for your enemies, you will not find them. Those who wage war against you will be as nothing at all. For I am the Lord your God, who takes hold of your right hand and says to you, Do not fear. I will help you. And as Pastor Chuck has mentioned as we're going through the book of Joshua, there is physical things happening. They killed people, but today it's a spiritual thing. We're not killing people. We're killing the, the sin. And that being, that being intimidated is a sin. We're going to kill that. And it breaks my heart when I hear stories, read stories on the news of people that commit suicide. Or they have self-abuse because they're being bullied. It's horrible. 
But the Lord gives us a solution. We don't have to take that, nor, nor, nor apply that to ourselves. We don't have to own whatever that is. And we can trust the Lord and overcome that. I have overcome that. I'm not, those things that happen, I can even talk about that, remember it, and it's not an issue. So we can overcome. I mentioned earlier that fear is perverted faith. There's consequences of fear in the same way there's consequences of faith. And we see that in the story of the 12 spies. Time doesn't permit to get into all of that, but we've been here when Pastor Chuck had talked about that. And when when, when the spies went in, Ten of them were fearful. Two of them had faith. Ten of them had the spirit of fear. Two of them had this this faith. Now, there was a consequence for the ones that had the fear. And in fact, they not only their fear caused the whole community to be full of that spirit of fear as well. And the consequence we read about in Numbers 14, 1 through 2. It says, that night, all the members of the community raised their voices and wept aloud. All the Israelites grumbled against Moses and Aaron and the whole assembly and said to them, If we only had died in Egypt or in the wilderness. That was their fear. Now the consequence, Numbers fourteen twenty-eight through 29. So tell them, as sure as I live, declares the Lord, I will do to you the very thing I heard you say. In the wilderness, your bodies will fall, every one of you 20 years old or more, who was counted in the census and who was grumbled against me. As a result of choosing fear, instead of faith, God allowed the 10 spies to be destroyed by a plague just as they had spoken themselves and they didn't go over into the land to get that they got it right there in their own land as a consequence of their fear now we must realize that this was not punishment by God but it was a consequence of their own words of their belief literally they got what they asked for in their perverted faith which was the fear now there's consequences for faith And we see that with Joshua and Caleb. Numbers 13.30 says, Then Caleb silenced the people before Moses and said, We should go up and take possession of the land, for we can certainly do it. Joshua declared also in faith. We read in Numbers 14.8 and 9. If the Lord is pleased with us, he will lead us into that land. A land flowing with milk and honey. And he will give it to us. Only do not rebel against the Lord. And do not be afraid of the people of this land. Because we will devour them. Their protection is gone. But the Lord is with us. Do not be afraid of them. Consequence. Caleb and Joshua still got the confidence of their faith, even in spite of what happened with the others that didn't have faith. It took 40 years, but they got it. 
They, and what happened, what they said would happen, happened. The people were destroyed and they went in and took possession. You know, this teaches us that we must persevere in faith because it will come about. It might seem like it takes forever, but it will come about. That thing we believe in faith will happen. I have one more example of faith. When others are fearful, we know the story. And it's one that's often spoken of when it comes to those circumstances of fear versus faith. And it was the Philistine and his intimidation and David's choice in that situation. Now, we know the story about the Philistine intimidating all of the soldiers. Nobody had the courage to go after him. But here comes David, this young shepherd. And in 1 Samuel 7, 32 to 37, it says, David said to Saul, let no one lose heart on account of this Philistine. Your servant will go and fight him. Saul replied, you are not able to go out against this Philistine and fight him. You're only a young man, and he's been a warrior since his youth. But David said to Saul, your servant has been keeping his father's sheep. When a lion or a bear came and carried off a sheep from the flock, I went after it. I struck it and rescued the sheep from its mouth. When it turned on me, I seized it by its hair, struck it, and killed it. Your servant has killed both the lion and the bear. This uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them because he has defied the armies of the living God. The Lord who rescued me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear will rescue me from the hand of this Philistine. Saul said to David, Go, and the Lord be with you. In 1 Samuel chapter 17, we see the example of one overcoming the spirit of fear. And he operated in faith, even despite the attempted discouragement of those that were superior to him. So David had some courage. He wanted to go and, and take this Philistine but even as he, he was saying, you know, I want to I I take this Philistine, he was discouraged by those superior to him. And even in spite of that, he still and did what the Lord told him to do. And being obedient to the Lord, he succeeded with that. David chose faith over the spirit of fear. And even as a young youth, he challenged God, the king's wisdom and position and he explained how God had given him prior victories. And David believed that if God could supernaturally allow him to defeat these lions and bears, then God would also supernaturally allow him to defeat the Philistine, to do what humanly seems impossible. God could help him do that. He believed that. David expressed faith. David explained that this was not going to be a normal, typical soldier experience. And perhaps it's true, David was not able to take this Philistine, humanly speaking. But David had faith to believe that God 
would do this supernaturally. God is going to be the one that's going to do it and give the victory because he wanted to give glory to God in the process. Notice his motive. It wasn't for himself. It wasn't to show off to the soldiers. He ultimately wanted to give God glory. He wanted to put an end to this mocking of God and let God be lifted up. And, and God blessed him in that motivation. You know, David, speaking of that faith, was such that he even gave that King Saul a little bit of faith. You notice he didn't just keep saying, no, no, no. He finally said, go, and the Lord be with you. So he got permission in the long run. He didn't go and be a rebel about it. He still had the permission. But he operated in faith to get that permission to do that. He had the king's blessing. Next, we're going to look at a fear of stronghold, which is a fear of man. You know, Proverbs 29, 25 tells us that the fear of man brings a snare. There was a writer, a local writer, Ed Welsh with CCEF, I think. I don't know how all it goes, but it's a counseling center down in Glenside, Pennsylvania. And he wrote a book called When People Are Big and God is Small. And that whole book deals with this whole issue of the fear of man. And there's a place for when we're intimidated um, we have a respect when someone's bigger than us. You know, there's a place where a football player comes up to you and you're just a little person. You're going to have some intimidation. That's normal. We might feel intimidated that someone's more intellectual and at work and someone has more experience about something. We go to work and see this, all this work we got to do. We're overwhelmed, but someone can do it. There's, there's a place for being intimidated, but there's a place when we're not supposed to have the fear of man. And that is where we need to overcome fear in areas of relationship to other people. Let's think about these things. Has there ever been a time where fear prevents us from being real with those around us? Again, as I said earlier about something we know we should do, but we're afraid. Something... We, we shouldn't be afraid about this, but we are. When it's this bondage, when it's this stronghold that keeps us from doing what we know we should do. We should speak to this person, but we're afraid. How often are we afraid to speak how we really feel about something? And we know, we, you know, obviously we're not going to be disrespectful in speaking how we feel about something, but we have to have the courage to find the right words to say and address a situation. When we know we need to do it, but we let the fear of man prevent us from doing that. How often are we afraid to speak truth in love to somebody? How, how about an even encouraging word? That seems to be a problem today in an age when we need encouragement. It's said, I think even Pastor Chuck said it, for every one negative thing that is spoken to us, we need 10 encouragements. In this day, we get 10 negatives and maybe one encouragement. So how often do we need to be encouraging to somebody and yet we're afraid? We might want to, but eh. It might, it might seem awkward, it might seem weird, 
But no, we do what God tells us to do, even in relation to saying, I love you. You can say, I love you to people if you really feel that way. We can, we can not be afraid of man, but speak what God tells us to speak, not be afraid of that. Okay, I think I'm almost done. Areas of intimidation, and Pastor Chuck, he does that very, very, very well. If, 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 if you got, Pastor Chuck says, I want to have a meeting with you, we might have a little fear in that. <laughs> and that's okay, but we're thankful we have a pastor that's willing to do that because he's going to speak the truth to us. Can we follow that example and, and want to do that as well? We are to have fear of God and not fear of man. And this is the way Jesus was. Jesus was not afraid to speak his mind. We see that even with the Pharisees, the rulers. He spoke his mind with them. In love, he spoke the truth. He wasn't disrespectful. And the, the apostles, the apostles spoke their mind. Even when they were told, you can't speak about Jesus, they didn't say, okay, fine, and then go out there and do it anyway. No, they just told them right to their face, no, but we can't but speak Jesus. They were not afraid to speak the truth and to speak what God would tell them, God would have them to do to those people. And what happened? They were challenges, but God used them in a mighty way. You know, people wanted to kill them. People were devising evil against them. And yet the Lord was always in control. Naturally, there was a time when they would be killed for their faith. And and that was all part of God's plan. But they weren't even afraid of that either. And they persevered in faith. Now, the Bible says weapons will be formed against us. Trials and temptations will come. People will try to intimidate us. But with all the forces of the enemy, even our own flesh that we got to deal with, we can take courage. We can choose faith, knowing that God will give us the victory. We know what God has done for us in the past. And we have hope for what God will do for us today as well as tomorrow. So my challenge, my encouragement for each of us, and it's a daily encounter every day, choose faith. And even for myself, I might be choosing faith today. What am I going to do tomorrow? Tomorrow may present another challenge. I need the courage to choose faith and not submit to any negative thoughts and worries and anxieties about whatever that situation is. I think that's it. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you that your word instructs us to what we are to do. And we thank you that we can choose to have fear of you. And and with that, we can overcome fear of man, fear of this world, fear of our flesh and the circumstances, anxiety, things that we do get fearful for. I pray, Lord, that you would give us the courage to choose faith in whatever the situation is or any situations that would come about. We want to walk in faith. 
In Jesus' name.